1: So, this up and coming preacher got his brand new suit out. He ironed it. He pressed it. He put it on. He had just hit the circuit. He was letting everybody know that he had a word that he wanted to share. But he decides to first go to the ministerial alliance meeting. And he walks in and he makes this declaration to them I'm a prophet. I've got a word from the Lord. And this is what the Lord has told me to do He's told me to go marry a prostitute. Can you imagine? The conversations that Hosea experienced when he told the other prophets in town that God had told him to marry a prostitute. Go get a hooker and make her your your wife. I can imagine the scene in my own mind that Hosea uh, takes a little trip down into the red light district and one of the other prophets is riding through on his uh, on his chariot and he sees Hosea standing on the corner talking to one of the prostitutes and all of a sudden, can you imagine what happens on Facebook? well there was no facebook but can you imagine if there was a facebook what would have happened the converse- but that's exactly what takes place it is one of the most complicated messy stories in scripture it's the story of Hosea and G. We started calling her G early on because Gomer runs the romance in our mind. We can't hardly stand it that the woman's name romance, so we went all gangster and called her G. G. Hosea and G. They, they start this relationship, uh, and, and it's an incredible story of redemption and grace. But uh, the other part of this story that is interesting to me is the obedience involved. Every time that I start to get a little bit of a big head because I'm being obedient to the Father and I'm trying to do what God says, Hosea becomes a very real humbler, if you will, because that's what the account is about. He is instructed, a man of God is instructed to go and marry a prostitute. This guy put everything on the line. He put his reputation on the line. He put his personal preferences on the line. He put his emotions on the line. All on the altar, he obeyed. But I've mentioned to you already in this series that one of our issues is that we tend to sanitize Scripture. We want to sterilize it and make it uh, comfortable for us. But I want you to go back and understand that Hosea absolutely obeyed what God said to do, but that does not mean that he liked it. Okay, so that went over huge. Um, uh, I, I don't want you to get it all twisted in your mind and think that Hosea, that what he had to go through in all of this was enjoyable to him because if you go read the account again, you need to read it from the perspective of a broken and a betrayed husband because in chapter 1, I read it to you early on in this account, he picks up a baby and he looks into the face of that baby and he's not even sure if it's his own. That causes pain. If you go into chapter 2 and you begin to read, you read the account that Hosea literally chases Gomer back to the red light district as she's made up her mind after having given birth to three children to him. She makes up her mind that she's going to go back to being a prostitute. And scripture says that Hosea literally chases her back to the red light district and begs her, please come home. The whole account is is an incredible story of pain pain was a major part of this relationship bad days were very common in this relationship I'm not talking about your relationship I'm talking about this relationship Uh, there were bad days that were common in their relationship there were extended periods of excruciating pain and heartache and hurt that was Hosea's experience what What should we understand or learn from that? Well, first thing I've said to you before in in, uh, series past, but I want to reiterate it this morning, you just need to understand that the closest relationships that you have also have the ability, because they have access to you, to create the most deep, painful wounds in your life. Relationships have the ability to bring your greatest joy and also at the same time to produce your greatest pain. So we need to understand that because Hosea's wife's choices cost him. His wife's decisions cut him. His wife's decisions hurt. I don't want you to play like that. like being obedient to God lessened the agony that Hosea went through. I don't want you to think that that it lessened the embarrassment. I don't want you to think that just because he was obedient to God that it lessened his frustration because I'm pretty sure that there were a lot of days that Hosea loved Gomer but didn't like Gomer. I wonder how many days you've spent with the person that you're doing life with that you love them, but you don't like them. I'm wondering how many times that the choices of the person that you love has cut you and cost you and perhaps even crippled you. How many days, how many times, how many instances? Maybe it's more common than, than, than it's not common. Maybe it, it seems like it's all the time that there are moments in this relationship where I love you, but I just, I just, I just don't like you. What do you do? When you love somebody, but you don't like them. Well, I think we need to go back into the account and learn a few things because I think there's some lessons. that I, This is the text that we've been reading. It's in Hosea chapter 1 verse 2. Listen very carefully. Just a, a few lessons this morning to, to wrap this whole thing up because I want us to learn how to endure. It says in Hosea chapter 1, verse 2, here is the first message, all right? I'm going to stop right there and say this. Here is the first message. It's the first thing that God says to Hosea. It's their first interaction. His Here is the first message. The Lord said to Hosea, go and marry a girl who is a prostitute that so, so that some of her children will be born to you from other men. All right? OK, We I, I know what I do when I read this person's scripture. I forget about the first part, read the second part of that, because that bothers me. All right? I, th- that's got my entire and absolute complete attention, what he says at the end. But I want to stop a moment and back up because I think there's something for us to consider in the first statement that is made, when, when you don't like the person you are, are with. I, I think that it's essential to back up and to, to catch this because I don't think most of us caught what it says. So I want to point attention back to it again to make sure that you caught it. I don't want you to just read over it. I don't want you just to scroll past it. I don't want you just to rush to get to the, 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 the messy part of the story. I want you to see what happens first. Here, here it is. It says, the Lord to Hosea. Wait, that's not as juicy as the rest of the verse, so we skip over. The Lord said to Hosea, go and marry a prostitute. The Lord said, okay. So I can almost promise you that every couple that is married in this room had a powerful but also passed over statement made during the ceremony in which you got hitched. We included in all of them. But we pass right over it. We don't even think about it. It it goes like this. Whom the Lord has put together, let no man put asunder. Isn't that what? Okay, okay. so so what am I saying? I'm saying that in order to make it on the days where you love someone but don't like someone, it is absolutely essential to back up and remember and ask yourself this question, who put us together? Who established this thing? Who ordered this thing? Because if we stand up and declare that this relationship was God's idea, and we do this, we go to weddings and we invite God to participate. In fact, we'll say things like this out of Scripture. We'll say, he's the third strand. A three-strand cord cannot easily be broken. So there's me and there's you, but there's a third party involved. God's involved in this. And we invite him. So he says, I know it was you who courted, and I know it was you who called, and I know it was you who candied. But the reality is, is that it was God who put all this together. It was God who worked behind the scenes to pull the strings to get your past across. Have you even stopped to think Think about all the things that had to work out just right. I mean, you had to move from little old town in Oklahoma to somewhere in the big city of Oklahoma or maybe from some other state and meet so-and-so so that they could introduce you to so-and-so. And there is all this, it's like all these strings. All, oh, it's just coincidence. It's not coincidence. God was involved. God made it happen. He, he, we need to go back and remember that whether on the days that we don't like this person very much, we need to remember who did this. Who put this thing together? See, so, so then we can, we can make this testimony. Because when things are good, we'll say this. We just forget to say this when things are bad. When things are good, we'll say, God sent them to me. It's not what we say when it's a bad day but, but it would help us to remember that God sent them to me and vice versa God sent me to them so if we make that statement and we believe that that is true and I do believe it's true then I can make this statement if you get away from them you get away from God who set this thing who made this thing happen? The, the second truth that I want to say to you this, this morning out of this account and out of, uh, out of life is this. Is, is not only do you need to remember who put you together, but you must also make a choice to pick the power. Pick the power. Because this is what happens. Uh, we throw the word love around so flippantly. Don't we? Like, I love Pizza. I I I love I just love Corvettes. I mean I just love them. I love them. I, I love cocker spaniels. I I just love. I, nobody ever says I love a cat. They do, but they're just they're they're off. But they're, they're, when they say it, they're just they need counseling. They're just they're just a little mental illness going on there. And uh, I I love. Nobody ever said this either. I love collard greens. Nobody ever says that. But uh, no, so. <laughs> I, all these variety of things that we say that we love. Oh, I got myself in trouble.
0: <laughs>
1: Here's the problem. What we really mean is we like. Because tomorrow I may not love Corvettes, I may love Mustangs. And y'all say Ford, Chevy can't happen, but it happens. It happens. I'm proof, I'm proof it happens. We say that, but it does happen. Our, our likes change. Today I like blue, tomorrow I like red. But, but because we've uh, interchanged the words love and like, then what happens is this when it comes to our relationship. Since we can switch from love of pizza and love of Cocker Spaniels and love of Corvette so easily then when things don't go well we can we interchange the meanings even though they don't mean the same thing and we can suddenly just throw love away in a relationship without any thoughts because we've intermixed it. See they don't mean the same thing. There's difference. See here's the difference. Love is strong.
0: Like is weak. Uh
1: like changes daily but love has this ability to stay the course here's another passage that we always read in weddings and we don't really think about too much we read what Paul tells us about love in first Corinthians because in first Corinthians he tells us this thing about this power that we're supposed to pick when we're together in relationship he says that love has the power to endure love has the power to hope love has the power to be patient Love has the power to put up with anything. That's one of the translations. To put up with anything. Well, you don't know what I have to put up with. I, it doesn't matter. He's saying love is so much power built into it that you can put up. Even dirty socks every day. Yes, even dirty socks every day. The toilet lit up, yes, every day. The wrong end of the truth, but yes, every day. You, love, life does not have that ability. But love has this power built in it. There is power in love. I'm going to show my age right here. Some of y'all are going to just look at me and you're going to, your eyes are going to glaze over and you're not even going to know who I'm talking about. But Captain and Tanil had it right. Oh, see, I felt that now. I felt my old crowd, my young crowd's like, who? They're pulling out their phones, Googling right now. Captain and who? Who's Tanil? I don't know. Love can keep us together. They were, oh, yeah, just wait. Just wait. All right. I, I, got, I got you. I got you. See, see, even when you don't like what the other person is doing, the power of love is different than the power of like. So, like is based on, listen to me, like is based on chemistry, love is based on commitment. Because I got news for you chemistry changes. See, all my married folk went, oh yeah, it changes. We know. I know, I know. Okay. So, I say, so basically, what I'm saying is this this morning out of Hosea's experiences, I don't have to like you to love you. My level of like has nothing to do with my level of love, but I have to choose. The power of love. I almost played some Huey Lewis and some of y'all didn't even know who that is. But So let me help all my single folks out. Let me just help you. Let me help all my single folks out. Alright? Here you go. Your level of like will vacillate. Fancy word, it means it changes. I did that for you, Tari. Alright, help Tari out. He was getting dictionary out up here. Uh. I should be scared because he's getting the microphone later, and he could throw me under the bus. So, um, so here's how it works, single folks. Let me just give you a warning: what you thought was cute while you were dating will be disturbing to you once you say "I do." It, uh, do you see how they eat their food? Their so, they're eating so cute. They just
0: move their mouth like this.
1: And then all of a sudden you're married and you're like, shut your mouth. You're driving me crazy. I can't. You see how they wear their little. And, and then it changes. It changes. It changes. But just because your like level vacillates does not mean that you can't love at a level it says even though I don't like that I will not vacate our relationship see I I may have liked you better before gravity but my love is stronger man I am toast Lord help me y'all need to pray for pastor today But, but, but but my love is stronger than gravity okay let's flip that I liked you better when you made more money But my love is stronger because I said richer or poorer. I liked you better when you were healthy. But my love says to you that I love you in sickness and in health. Like vacillates. It goes up and down based upon circumstances. And it changes all the time. There are days you're really going to like one another. There are days you're not going to like each other very much at all. But that doesn't affect love. Because love is consistent. We make a choice to pick love. There is power in love. So why does that even matter? Why is it so important that even though though there are days I don't like you very much, why is it so essential for me to make the conscious decision to choose love? And it's very simply, here's the reason, love leaks. Love leaks. I can prove it to you out of Scripture. Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. Then God ordered me. This is God speaking to Hosea. This is what he says to him. Start all over. Listen to what he says. Love your wife again. You don't think he didn't like her some days? Get the rest of this message from God your wife who's in bed with her latest boyfriend, your cheating wife. God says to him, Hosea, start all over. Love again. Love your wife again. So I can can make this logical uh, link here that if God is instructing Hosea to start all over and to love your wife again, then the logical connection and understanding is this. He had lost love. His love for her had leaked. If you were in his shoes, wouldn't it? leaked. Okay. He had lost his love. But, but then what happens is Hosea illustrates for us that you can renew the love supply. But, but it is a choice. In fact, I, your assignment today, please do this, is to go to Hosea chapter 2 and read get you a a version that's easy to understand i suggest you get the message version out and read it because it is so blunt and and i don't have time to read all this to you but i i your homework today is to go back and read hosea chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 because if you read chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 it is brutal it is, an account, it is the account of Hosea's heart being broken and what he thinks about the situation that he's in. And it is very, very apparent that he is disgusted and that he is angry and that he is hurt. And in no uncertain terms, as you read that, you recognize that it almost sounds hopeless. Hopeless. You get to verse 13, all the way to verse 13, and it sounds like there is no hope for this relationship right here. She's hurt him so bad, cheated on him so many times, done so many things to bruise his heart and his soul that it's at the last grasp of hope. And then you get to verse 14 and 15. And I'm going to read verse 14 and 15 to you because somehow... After going through verses 1 through 13, we arrive in verse 14, and Hosea stops the leak. Listen to what he says. He gives us his plan to stop this love leak. Hosea chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. And now here, this is Hosea talking. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start all over again. I'm taking her back into the wilderness where we had our first date. God is speaking illustratively to the children of Israel, but he's, this is a man and a woman. This is the plan. Hosea says, I'll court her. I'll give her bouquets of roses. Listen to this. I'll turn heartbreak valley into acres of hope. She'll respond like she did as a young girl who's, those days when she was fresh out of Egypt. Illustratively, God is speaking but Hosea is making a decision that I will go back and I will take her back into the wilderness and I will court her again and I will love on her again and I will bring her flowers again and out of that consistent approach, I will stop the lovely and I'll win her back. He intentionally loves her. He goes back and he starts over Over, all over again. See, some of us have been in relationships so long and we've begun to focus on the idea of like so much that when we take an evaluation or an assessment of our relationship, our entire focus is on strife and contention and tone of voice and you did this and you did that and we keep score and we remind them constantly of what you did 10 years ago and what you did 10 months ago and what you did 10 days ago and we fight and we think there's no hope, there's no chance. But I just came on this last message in this series to tell you that if, if Hosea can start all over, and if, there, if Hosea had the ability to win in this kind of relationship, then there's hope for you. This, this passage should encourage us That maybe we can turn Heartbreak Valley into acres of hope. Some of you this morning may may feel like you need to do a change of address at the post office and get your mail forward to Heartbreak Valley because every day your heart is being broken and every day there's contention and strife and pain and more days than not you don't even like the person you're with. God's saying I can turn it into an acres of hope Listen, if Hosea could start over, you can start over. So, so you have to stop the leak. So here, here I gave you an assignment to read chapter 2 to, to see the discuss level. Here's your real assignment. I want you to begin to think very practically. Because it's, it, it's not enough to stand up here and preach and us to have church and, and us feel like, well, because I listened to a message on marriage or relationships, then everything's going to be great. When they do that thing that I haven't liked, because Pastor Steve spoke about loving people you don't like, it's all going to be better, and I won't be mad anymore. And I, even though I didn't like it, I'll just blow it off, and it won't bother me. Just wait until the first time you walk in. And they do the thing, you know, the thing that pushes your button. And this marriage will not, this, this message will not have done you one bit of good if you don't do this right here. So here's your assignment. What small step, what small act or action could you do that would plug the love leak? What could you do to start over? Would a tender touch be a start, because some of y'all have been giving each other the cold shoulder for six months, and you haven't held hands, rubbed elbows, you had to go get a king size bed to get rid of your twin bed because you didn't want to touch, you could drive a Mack truck between the two of you every night, so would just a tender touch be a start? Would a date night get the ball rolling? Cause some of y'all haven't had a night just by the just with the two of you and ever since the kids came along, date nights disappeared. And if you're not careful, the kids are gonna graduate and leave home hopefully. One day. One day. One day. Just hang on. Don't give up the faith. One day I'm playing. If you're not careful, the kids are going to graduate and leave, and you're going to wake up, and you're going to be married to a stranger. You, would, a, would a date night get the ball rolling? Would helping around the house break the ice? These are real small, practical, simple steps that could help you maybe start. Would a flower rekindle the spark? Would watching what they watch on TV, even though you don't like what they watch on TV, would it start the ball rolling? Would putting mute on during the game, would, would, when they need to talk, would that be enough to get the ball rolling? See, here's the truth that I need to say to you this morning is this. It's what you do doesn't matter as much as the fact that you have a plug plan. You've got to have a plan in place that when love starts to leak out of our relationship, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to start over and I'm going to woo them again and I'm going to love them again and I'm going to reach out to them again and I will not let all the love leak out. Because this is the truth. Too many of us think that big problems are fixed through big steps. They're not. Big problems are resolved by taking small steps little bitty items that we do that over a period of consistency I do it and I do it and I do it and I do it and then all of a sudden one day you wake up and there's no more problem. Our problem is is we have big problems and we want to wait for a big solution. I'll wait until it's so bad then I'll talk to pastor and he will counsel me out of this. No I won't. I'm not a very good counselor. I'll tell you to get over it. Put your big boy pants on and your big girl pants on and man up and get over this thing. Or we'll send you to a counselor that knows what they're doing but but the truth is is that that you're waiting until it's so bad just take some baby steps like some of you guys were like poets while you were dating some of you men were like poets I mean you could have been a rap artist because you can make all the words rhyme and you write them all down and there's little notes on the mirror and you put them on the visor they walk out in the car spotless on the inside and, and and you just woo them and woo them and woo them and now You don't ever say a word. Some of you ladies, I'm not going there. I already got myself in enough trouble. Small steps, small steps, small steps. Because here's the truth. There's some of you in this room this morning that are together, but you don't like each other very much. But what could you do to love them? This is not about like. This is about love. Love. Who put you together? God put us together. My responsibility to first allow Him to work in our relationship, but also to partner with Him to make sure we stay. Love can keep us together. Will you stand with me this morning? I want every married couple... Um, And then I'll give some other instructions. If you're married and your spouse is here this morning, push the kids out of the way for just a moment. Push them out of the way. Come here, Julie. Would you take the hand of your spouse? Um, If you're single in this house this morning, I want you to lay your hand on your own heart because you're going to give your heart away at some point. Most likely you'll give your heart away. your heart to be protected by learning the lessons of this series. But this morning, let's focus on those that are married or about to be married. Let's get this right. I want you to pray. I want to pray over the microphone, but I want you to pray over your spouse. You can take turns, or maybe you're too embarrassed to do that. Just pray together. But I want us to pray. Now, we would ask the Father to remind us obstacles too many variations that could have been a reality but you worked behind the scenes and you pulled us all together. I pray this morning you would remind us that you are in this that we're not alone. This is a three-stranded world. I pray that on the rough days the commitment that we made before you and before our friends and before our loved ones where we said that recognize that you placed us together so we would do nothing to break us apart. I pray that our like level would not take over our love level. I make a commitment to love, to keep, to honor, to cherish and that love requires work. So father, I pray together that as we work to ensure that this love lasts. I pray that we would send your presence involved relationship in this room that's on the brink of failure, I pray that both parties would take small steps. I know some of y'all. Would you just lean in? No, it's a public setting, so. Would you just give a little pat? And then you may be seated this morning, Danny.
0: preparing your morning tithes and offerings this morning. If you're a first-time visitor, on the bulletin there's a communication card for you to fill out. If you will fill that out and see Pastor Steve back in the back, we have a special gift for you. If you're a second-time visitor, see Pastor Steve, and we also have another gift for you, so make sure you greet him in the back. As the ushers are coming this morning to take your tithes and offerings, uh, announcement for you this Wednesday night, we will be stuffing eggs for with candy to give to the children on a Saturday morning. So we need you to come at six o'clock. You know I hold the record to stuffing the eggs the fastest. Did y'all know that? I, I had my own little thing that I did, and sorry, they kicked me out. They won't let me come anymore. For every five eggs that I stuff, I need a piece of candy. And I was really, I mean, I could do it quickly, but they kicked me out. They won't let me come anymore. I'm teasing. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.